Welcome to A Bad Bee with ADHD. I'm Finty and this podcast is going to be a place for all things ADHD, the good, the bad, the ugly. Also, I can't always guarantee I'll stay on topic, but that's very on brand for me. If I've learned one thing from having ADHD is that I've never had a unique experience in my life ever, so here we are. I'm just going to put it out there by saying I'm by no means a professional or an expert, just a girl with ADHD speaking from experience, just trying to better understand this neuro spicy brain of mine. So please, please, please seek the help of a professional if you feel like you need it. And with all of that out of the way, I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode. I know I disappeared on you all for like a week. Um, as you can potentially tell and hear in my voice, your girl has been sick. Um, and I didn't really feel like subjecting you all to the sound of me coughing my guts up during an episode. So it was with all your best interests at heart, I promise. And But I'm back and I'm super excited for this episode actually because it's a great one for not just my ADHD lot out there. Um, so listen up if you're neurodivergent or have just always really majorly struggled with your emotions for most of your life like I have. Um, but yeah, I'm about to blow your minds because I most definitely felt that way when I started to understand all about emotional dysregulation. Um, so yeah, fasten your seatbelts, get ready. This is going to be uh, an emotional roller coaster, quite literally, um, that I'm about to take you all on. So yeah, now, I guess once I figured out that I did have ADHD and kind of more importantly accepted that I had ADHD, um, which for I know a lot of people is actually prior to their diagnosis, um, the diagnosis is just kind of like confirmation of stuff we already knew. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, I kind of obviously discovered the term a lot, emotional dysregulation, and I guess the question after I discovered it that I kept asking myself in the process of like getting diagnosed was why was emotional dysregulation not mentioned on any part of the diagnostic test or criteria like it was not mentioned at all Um, because I guess if somebody had told me that was part of it earlier on I would have realized a hell of a lot sooner like this was what was going on in my head Um, so yeah I guess that was just a big part of it but hold your horses don't worry I am going to be answering that question in this episode but I've got a whole other stuff to cover first before I do so yeah that is coming don't worry. So let's just get straight into it and I'm going to hit you guys with a wordy definition from the people at WebMD we love that. Um, So emotional dysregulation is a term used to describe an emotional response that is poorly regulated and does not fall within the traditionally accepted range of emotional reaction. So, hence the whole crying over spilt milk thing. Um, Because, unfortunately, anyone who struggles with emotional dysregulation will completely relate to something that is considered so small and insignificant that throws you off into such an extreme emotional reaction. Um, And I guess the main thing for me is, like, being out of control in that emotional reaction. Like, hey, I don't want to be having a meltdown over something like not having the right kind of cheese in the fridge, but that's out of my control like I don't want to seem like I'm overreacting but that's genuinely just like the reaction that my brain naturally like goes to um which I know is going to sound so crazy to anybody that does not relate to that um but yeah but if you do relate to this um I guess something I want to say is you will have heard that oh so familiar phrase like in these kinds of situations saying it's not that big of a deal or you're overreacting which Oof, don't even get me started on those but um it's genuinely as if people think we have control over our reactions to these situations but for all of those who have it and anyone who does experience it will know like we most definitely don't like like I say I don't want to have this reaction over the cheese like but it's it's gonna happen 
Um, and a really helpful way like I kind of came to terms with this was I'd say it's almost like when a person is drunk, right? They're less in control of everything, their body, their emotions, their thoughts, their bladder even, like, yeah, let's be real, um, because of the alcohol, right? So hence the whole like crying when people cry over things, really insignificant when they're drunk in the bathroom, girls get upset, like wine drunk, whatever. But also something that really irritates me is that that's somehow very much considered acceptable in society. Um, But somehow because I'm sober and this is an emotional reaction I'm having, um, it's suddenly considered overreacting. Um, But I guess thinking on that actually, it kind of also explains why I never really liked feeling the feeling of being drunk and like significantly drunk um because like I've always struggled so much to control like my brain and my emotions sober never mind like adding fuel to the fire in the form of alcohol like that was always just gonna be a major trigger for me so that absolutely completely confirmed everything to me I was like oh wow Um, moment of realization there but something I do want to say like just because you've cried a few times over something like spilt milk um I'm not saying you have emotional dysregulation because of course that is like perfectly normal if you've had like a particular period in your life where things are overwhelming or stressful or like you've had a really bad day um like that is a normal way to respond in your life um but like almost everything when it comes to ADHD is like the frequency of which this happens and does it actually have an impact on your life all the time because I know for me I can most certainly say like it does um and it's like to the point of is this emotional reaction like considered normal for you and if the answer is yes like then that's potentially something that you might be struggling with else that I wanted to talk about which I'm assuming is my emotional dysregulation I'm pretty sure it is um that I struggled with is I genuinely spent my whole life like never really being able to identify my emotions or what I was feeling and like especially in those periods where I was like in extreme emotional distress like don't even ask what I was feeling at that point in time um and I guess that's the hardest part of it is because if you don't if you can't identify what you're feeling how the heck is anybody else supposed to help you so growing up bless her my mum was would try so desperately hard in these periods where I was like screaming and crying and hysterical to like try and ask me and understand what I was feeling so that she could make it better um but without knowing that like what I was feeling how was she supposed to fix like whatever was triggering it um especially so first of all like shout out to my mum for dealing with that because honestly that was not easy and I don't wish it on anyone um but yeah just like being able to identify and tangibly like understand your emotions and it not being like a hot mess up there at all times of like a mixture of everything was a pretty like strange concept to me that like do people actually feel that all the time like can you identify what you're feeling because can't relate at all um but yeah and I was talking to somebody recently about something else and I realized that like day to day obviously understanding context like people with mental health struggles this does not like take that into account but like day to day emotionally they were saying that they stay in like this constant state with their emotions like unless there's something going on in your life that would like obviously like completely change that state like a significant experience like generally like daily you would stay at this constant level and that like quite honestly like genuinely shocked me that there are people that experience life like that daily 
Um, because quite honestly, I feel like at all times I'm swinging on this like extreme emotional pendulum and all it takes is like one tiny thing in a day just to like send me to the other end of it. Um, so yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from if you feel like that, because quite honestly, like it's so exhausting and draining feeling like you're not in control of your own emotions. Um, because all it takes is one thing in your day to completely throw you and yeah I feel you on that it's it takes a lot to get back to like being in a emotionally stable state again once something like that's happened so I'm completely with you on that so I guess now I'm going to come at you with some numbers and statistics because I mean why not science right yeah um so emotional dysregulation is found in around 25 to 45 percent of children and between like 30 to 70% of adults with ADHD, which if you ask me is like a pretty large range. Um, Also like on the higher end of the spectrum, 70% is like quite high. Like that's a lot of people with ADHD. Um, But yeah, I'm assuming the reason for like this large range is because the, the fact that the symptoms are so difficult to like measure and capture in the data. So I'm assuming that's why they just, they can't really measure it accurately. Um, but also something I guess that's contributed to uh, this bigger question that I was asking myself um, was something that I actually had no idea that emotional dysregulation is a completely separate condition. So it's not actually linked to directly to ADHD, but obviously it's often prevalent in people with ADHD, also in autism, borderline personality disorder, bipolar, PTSD, along with like so many others. So I was like, that was that moment in my head where I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Like they can't actually um, like put it as diagnostic criteria when it's an umbrella like condition that just happens to coincide with ADHD like anxiety and depression does. It's not saying that you have ADHD just because you have emotional dysregulation because unfortunately like you don't. Um. But yeah, I guess that's why, because they can't actually tangibly measure it. So that was like a mind-boggling experience for me. Um, But yeah, I guess that doesn't mean that it's not a massive issue for so many of us, though, which is what's kind of frustrating, because I'd say for me, like my emotional dysregulation is certainly like up there with the top three things of my ADHD that like impact my day-to-day life. Um, So which is why we're obviously talking about it in this episode, because for so many of us, there's this huge part of our lives that I know I had zero understanding on before making this episode. Um, so yeah, in this instance, like knowledge is 100% power and like understanding that's part of your brain and how it works is honestly the most amazing thing that I know I've ever done, like understanding it. So I'm now teaching you all what I learned. So moving on to what my emotional dysregulation has looked like over the span of my life. Um, because I'm gonna be honest it shows up very regularly throughout my entire 25 years Um, because quite honestly though I feel like hearing these actual examples of how these things show up in people's lives instead of these broad medical examples that are not helpful at all um, was actually a massive part of me realizing and understanding that I had ADHD in the first place so that's what we're doing today um But obviously before recording this episode, I of course sat down with my mum and questioned her about my entire childhood again, because obviously this is becoming a regular thing in order to make these episodes. 
Um, but yeah, I guess she pointed out like it's, I've always been like this from a very young age and we're talking like two or three. I started off by like being, having a hysterical fit in my high chair when I didn't like the certain food that I was being given, um, in a way like my sister just never did. So I've been doing this my whole life. I'm getting pretty good at it actually. Um, but yeah, so in fact, in one thing I'm beginning to notice is like food was always a major trigger point for me over the years. Uh, so whoopsie, I'm learning that that's my sensory issues popping up there, but we'll save that for another episode. Um, and I guess throughout my entire childhood, and actually if I'm being completely honest, I even still do it now. If I decided I didn't like the appearance or the texture or like even the idea of a certain food, I would have a complete meltdown if it was like I was expected to eat it. Now, those of you that know, this is where the story that I mentioned in a previous episode about the pea saga comes in. So at like four years old, I want to say, I was given peas for the first time, like green garden peas. And I decided I didn't want to eat them and I was obviously being made to eat them so I instead I screamed and cried hysterically and got myself into a fit for hours and hours over it Um, and I was a complete like emotional like mess Um, and I guess the outcome of that story was that I've still never eaten a pea at the age of 25 and I probably never will so yeah lesson learned there thanks (laughs) mum but another one was like hysterical emotional meltdowns after getting like a haircut because I hated the way it looked and felt to like the point where I genuinely was borderline traumatized by going to the hairdressers um for a really long time actually um so yeah that was another one um yeah just these like examples where one thing could completely ruin my day um so yeah and I guess what I want to try and do is like explain it to make it make sense to people who don't understand where I'm coming from so it was like once I decided I disliked something right so whether that be the peas the haircut whatever that looked like my rational brain my rational like logical brain completely shut down and I'd be like swept up by and like consumed by the emotions that I had to the point where like it genuinely wasn't even about the actual initial thing anymore like I it was almost like that became irrelevant um and no no matter how like how much how hard I didn't want to be in that state anymore and I was like constantly I always remember now like going back I was constantly trying to fight the fact that I felt that way um and I couldn't help it like I was out of control like I honestly felt oh my gosh I felt like sometimes I was genuinely possessed by something inside of me um which looking back on it is like can I just say that is such a terrifying thing for a child to experience like I was it was like I was possessed by the devil himself, like genuinely. And to feel like you're a horrible person and a horrible child for doing so is just, it's just, I wish, I wish I'd known. Like I genuinely wish I'd known that it's okay that I was like having a meltdown over having my hair cut. Like, so if that was ever you, I'm telling you now it's okay. And it's emotional dysregulation. So yeah, I guess these examples just kind of continue to show up throughout me growing up as a teenager. Um, I would just, my mum always said I had such bad mood swings, which obviously now we know is emotional dysregulation. Um, and my mum just kind of like put it down to hormones. Um, and she would always say to me like, you need to take evening primrose oil. And I was like, mom, shut up. <laughs> because she just thought I was really bad hormones or whatever um PMS you know as they do put it down to that 
Um, but obviously these things still continued into adulthood. So yeah, I guess as becoming an adult and becoming aware of myself, my self-awareness significantly increased. Um, but yeah, I guess learning that in more recent years, like the ways that my emotional dysregulation was showing up and manifesting as an adult and actually the ways it manifested into literal physical symptoms as if that wasn't bad enough already that I was experiencing it. So yeah, trigger warning, like if you get triggered by like throwing up and vomit, like I'm going to be talking about it. So maybe just skip this a little bit. But yeah, for me, like growing up um, as an adult now, like I when I would experience these intense emotional reactions, like nine times out of 10, I would throw up. Like it almost became like a coping mechanism for me because it was some form of like release from the emotion, which I know like looking at it now like it's obviously a very unhealthy thing to do and I 100% do not recommend it like it's not something I had control or even understood um what was going on in my head and obviously thankfully like this is something I've now understand and more aware of and having realized that I'm able to work on it and have worked on it super hard in therapy so yeah just putting that out there like it will almost be noticing that there are ways that potentially your body and your brain decide to cope with this emotion because I could not cope so it was like this was something for me that I adopted because I felt like it was giving me a coping mechanism but that is not helpful yeah so that's not what we're doing um and it's why I'm here to give you tips and guidance on how to manage it um so that hopefully you can learn from my mistakes and stamp out those unhealthy coping mechanism and behaviors from now and yeah just basically learn healthier like more beneficial ways to cope with your emotional dysregulation so first of all let's start in terms of professional support so obviously if you are in a position where you feel like you need professional support please access it or try and access it um i know therapy is very difficult to access but looking into and this is something i want to kind of explore is something called dialectal behavioral therapy now i've never heard of it before until i went to google and it's a form of cognitive behavioral therapy so cbt which i've done cbt in the past and it didn't help me but this is specifically for emotional dysregulation um and it's supposedly one of the most effective methods for treating emotional dysregulation so if you feel like that's something that you would benefit from if you're really struggling with emotional dysregulation if it's really affecting your day-to-day life speak to a professional speak to a gp about trying to access that kind of therapy um because it's supposedly effective in treating emotional dysregulation now moving on to general tips and advice for when you're experiencing emotional dysregulation I've kind of been my own guinea pig and like trialing and testing different ways. I've kind of developed my approach with what I do when I'm in a a period of emotional dysregulation and just kind of finding what works for me. So I'm going to let you guys know, give you in tips, tricks that I've kind of adopted. So the first one is kind of just like a general thing, but I'm finding productive ways of channeling my emotions. So for starters like channeling my anger and frustration I've befriended the punching bag at my gym and I found it's just a really like day-to-day way to like channel an emotion so that I'm not feeling it so intensely when I'm in like a period of emotional like distress if I guess I call it like a meltdown 
Um, so whatever that looks like for you, like try and figure it out, trial and error, see what ways you think will help you channel certain emotions to try and like make your emotions more manageable on a day-to-day basis. So I found that's really helped. Um, but then I guess the next thing is like this approach that I started taking when I experienced like extreme emotional dysregulation. So let's say you drop your milk or you burn your toast. Okay. What I want you to do is like remove yourself from the thing that's triggered it. So that if that's your milk on the floor, like that, whether that's a person, a thing, like walk away and you can come back to it when you're ready and when you're like more emotionally regulated and just get some space. Like I've learned that I really need to be alone when I'm processing these emotions. I don't like people seeing me in that kind of like state because I think it's sometimes distressing for them. Uh, So yeah, just walk away, take a step back if that's what you feel like would be beneficial. Um, Then I kind of come to like a safe place. So that's normally my room. And like let it out, cry, scream, do whatever you have to do to like feel the emotion. Stop feeling bad and stop trying to suppress it. Because I found that for me that only makes it worse and actually extends the amount of time that I'm in this like meltdown and like particularly distressed phase. So yeah, just honestly like feel the emotions out and like ride that roller coaster. I know it's easier said than done, but just like try and ride it and stop resisting and fighting it because I promise you from speaking from experience, it does not work and it does not help. Um, And then I guess after that like initial real wave of emotion has hit you, like when you're kind of like coming down after you've done that, like try and start in still in the moment, but calling out your feelings. Now this is something I've really struggle with but I'm trying really hard to do but if you can try and like identify the emotion so if something's that's really irritated you like I'm angry I'm irritated I'm frustrated just call out those key words to see if it like makes triggers you for an a next time so that you know what that emotion is going forward um I'm finding that's helping but again it's easier said than done because I know for me it's so unnatural to do so so yeah, those are kind of like my top my top tips and like fail safe approach that I've kind of started doing. So feel free to try it out and see what you think. Let me know how it goes. Um, but yeah, honestly, just like overall, I'd say just have forgiveness and like take it easy on yourself because it's not easy being emotionally dysregulated. I feel your pain. Um, but stop like feeling bad and like beating yourself up about the fact that you have this reaction. Like society has always told us we've been overreacting but I'm telling you now you're not overreacting your response is completely okay if that's the way that you respond to a situation so that's my like piece of advice my nugget of wisdom for you all just allow yourself to feel the way you feel and as soon as you start doing that it's honestly life-changing like because it's changed my life so yeah I feel like that's a really nice, positive, inspiring note to leave this episode on. I really like doing that. Um, But I hope you've all enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it because I genuinely think this has been my favourite episode to make so far. I mean, I know we've only had four episodes. Don't get ahead of yourself in tea. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty more of where that came from. I've also linked some helpful websites in the episode bio that I found really useful for understanding all things emotional dysregulation. So feel free to check those out, dive into that side of things for more information. 
Um, and I'm going to say get ready for next week's episode and because this is normally where I tell you more a bit about the episode that's coming but I'm going to be completely honest with you I have no idea what it's going to be on yet so you're all just going to have to wait and see and yeah thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one